You're listening to the French Press Podcast, where we discuss events from our lives. Welcome to the French Press Podcast. This is episode 236. And it's Tuesday, May 29th, 2018. Oh, sorry. That's my bad. <laughs> it, might, it really doesn't matter. But that voice matters, and that's Mr. Dave. We promised you two weeks ago, listeners, that Mr. Dave would be here, and uh, it didn't work out. But, but I did provide content, so I did. just want that to be noted. Content so. and a valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. Layton's here, of course. Jeffy's here as well. This is the first time we've had a guest on in probably three or four months. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the first time since we got four mics. Which yeah. is an improvement, definitely. <laughs> Especially for Jeffy. It's Yeah, because <laughs> now I no longer have to like swing my mic over to Jeff whenever he wants to insert a comment. Oh, Layton, just admit it. You liked when I leaned over close to your head. I did. <laughs> I admitted it. All right, so today on the podcast, we've got a weird story from history. We've got some feedback... We've got a weekend we're going to discuss this past weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully everyone had a good time. It was super hot here oh, in northern so Indiana. Hot. It was hot. Don't know about the rest of the country. And I also want to talk a little bit about um, myself. And l- let's start there because it might change the rest of the podcast. It really will. Can you tell that I sound a little bit different? I, I'm pretty sure that they can. I'm pretty sure, too. Which and I've got reta- I no longer have my braces, but I have a retainer, and I just got them today, and I'm learning how to speak with them. And this is what I don't get. The dentist or the orthodontist told me, yes, wear these retainers the entire time unless you're eating and if you're going to be drinking something other than water. Okay. However, I have seen – I've been helped by multiple dentists and hygienists or however you say it. And, and one orthodontist. And I don't ever remember seeing their retainer in their mouth while they're working. They should practice what they teach. I'm, I'm sure they all, or maybe not all of them, but at least one of them had to have braces, right? Oh, for sure. So why are they not wearing their retainer the entire time? Well, is this something that you need to wear for the rest of your life? The, that's the way that they make supposed it. supposed to. That's the way they make it sound. It's yeah. not one that you just like put on at night? No. They all said, the time seems kind of oppressive. Well, that's what I thought too, and I'm not planning on wearing it the entire time. I'm, I'm planning on wearing it for a few weeks until it feels right and my teeth are able to strengthen themselves, and then I'm going to just wear, the, wear it at night. Maybe that's why they tell you to wear it all the time, because they know that you won't listen, <laughs> and then they want you to just do it as much more than you normally would if they would just say, wear it every night or whatever. Yeah. Mm. I feel like a retainer is not actually – all it is is just to show you years from now as to how much – your teeth have changed since the last time you wore your retainer. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. As someone kind who of how neglected to it. wear his own retainer, uh, I, I will uh, concur with that. <laughs> Ruben, what are you doing? Um, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying to hide his shame. It is shame. What, what's so shameful? It's just You feel... That's not very nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good I, filter, Ruben. I feel like I, I'm not in control of my, uh, like I'm out of control when I'm taking the retainer out of my mouth because there's slobber dripping from it. Oh, yeah, you can't help that. And, and it, but it's just not, it's not cool. And it's even, it's, I'm, I'm it's not, unsettling I, to I the guests. It is unsettling. It's unsettling. Does to me. your mouth feel freer now without the braces? 
It does. It feels much freer. And it, my initial thoughts were that I had some kind of a slimy coating on them because when I would take my tongue and, and move it around over it, it didn't feel right at all. Mm-hmm. And it felt nothing like before. And, However, but, was, has that slimy feeling gone away? Mostly. I'm, is I, it the fact that the film is gone or that you just got used to it? Yeah, that's what you I'm just wondering. Used to, I just got used to it. I just got used to it. Because okay. they did, there is some glue that they have with the brace brackets. That's uh, still on there? No, no. They, they, oh. they removed it. Like All the resin. After mine came off, I went back to the dentist several years later, and they were still like chipping glue off from my braces. Some pretty tough oh, stuff. Could that, you yeah. sue? Possibly, but I'm non-resistant, so. That's good. <laughs> no, and plus it's not really that much of an inconvenience to you. It's not like. No, it's not. Uh, hey, we should you, get to what's in front of us. Well, hold on, Jeff. I'm gonna, I want to stay with this. Do you thought. feel like you, you clearly don't wear your retainer the entire time? Right. Do you feel like your teeth have? Do you feel pretty good about them, or do you feel like oh they've 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 regressed drastically? The 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 bottom teeth have regressed quite a bit. I'm not sure if it's because I just at some point stopped wearing my retainer. Sorry, mom and dad. Um, or if I also have some wisdom teeth that are coming in at like really funky angles. So. My theory is it's that, and I couldn't have helped it anyway. You don't have your wisdom teeth taken out yet? No, I don't. Ooh. Yeah. I don't either. Ruben, do you? I had two of them taken out. Hmm. Hmm. That's all the wisdom you've got. I had all four of mine surgically removed. Hmm. All right. Wisdomless. <laughs> uh, I lack wisdom. That explains a lot. <clears throat> Jeff, well, you just poured out something in front of us here. Can you yeah, tell us so more about it? Yeah, so today, besides our normal coffee, um, I decided, you know what? This is going to be um, random, obscure product review day. And so I went to Pine Hill Discount, where, or sorry, Second Chance Discount, where my sister works. And I decided to pick out some obscure products that are like, why, are, why would anybody even think of buying this? Or I've never heard of this before and just try them on the podcast. So I have a couple of those lined up. Today, we have a um, true noble brand Cactus water. Cactus water. Uh, all, 100% all natural, natural hydration, refreshing fruit taste, uh, Belation antioxidants. I don't know how to say that. Battalion. So Bet- Betalane. I don't know. Anyways. <clears throat> so and Is it very low in calorie? Yeah, it, it's supposed to be um, pretty low in calorie. It tastes kind of like the flavored water that has five calories. Yeah, uh, eighteen calories per eight ounces. Propel, maybe. Mm-hmm. I I want to like point out on the side of this thing, it's like oh, one this of those is terrible. those uh, no drinks. It has no artificial flavors. It has no fat. It has no sugars added. It has no GMO and no gluten, no sodium. And no vegan. Oh wait, it is. It does have vegan. It does have vegan. It tastes vegan. Sick. <laughs> so <laughs> it tastes like a very watered down version of watermelon juice, almost. Watermelon juice. Yeah. Mm. It, it kind of grows on you. A little like it, bit. The first sip, I, I was not impressed with, but now that I'm mm-hmm. drinking it, oh, it's almost. It's more refreshing than water, I think. It is refreshing. Um, but it's not necessarily enjoyable. I feel yeah. like it could be significantly better if it would have sugar. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's what it's missing. Um, the, to me, the most disturbing part is the the the, the jug that it comes in. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't look appealing. It's like a cardboard container, and it looks like it's from the '80s, like with the shelf life of 100 years or whatever. Mm. This looks like what you'd find in a bomb shelter. Yes. Yeah. 
or at a second chance store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Jeff, I think this was fun. Uh, I enjoy I enjoy tasting. I mean, I'll try new things all the time. Yeah. So. Hence I think it's the, a great uh, idea. Hence the crickets that are still sitting in front of us. Yeah. Mm, Dave same. refuses to try them. That's correct. Okay. Well, if no one else has any more comments on that, let's go ahead and get to the meat of today's podcast. Oh, boy. All right. Well, um, so today I thought I'd go with um, a little more of a local story. Ooh. Uh, this is a story about uh, a man named Isaac Gray. Now, Isaac Gray was born in 1828, so it's not a current story, but it kind of has a local connection. So, he was born in 1828. Uh, his parents were Quakers. I'm not sure if he was or not. Um, and eventually, he was born in Pennsylvania, moved to Ohio, and eventually ended up here in Indiana. Um, gets married and opens a store in Union City, Indiana. And so, he becomes kind of a prominent town leader they start looking up to him and one of the things that isaac gray did was he always kind of had that his eye on the prize of like going through the ranks of popularity and power and he was always kind of looking for that opportunity how can i advance my own interests Mm. and so uh he eventually realized hey if i want to be a politician here in indiana you know more power more you know sway uh i'm gonna have to become a lawyer so while he's running his store, he figures out, you know, he, he puts himself through law school, studies law, becomes a lawyer uh, in 1861. Well, about a month later, uh, the war, Civil War truly breaks out. And so he actually enters the Union Army, uh, was a colonel. But he only lasted about a year because eventually he felt like he deserved a promotion and he didn't get it. So he oh. quit the army. It's like, I'm done. He did help out later as Confederates actually came into Indiana. He helped, like, push them back. But he wasn't really a major factor in the war. Now, before the war, he had actually been part of the Whig Party. Mm. Um, but then they kind of collapsed in the 1850s and 60s. And so after the war, he joins the Republicans because he was anti-slavery. Um, and so he, he said, I'm going to be part of the Republicans. Hmm. Now... In 1870, he finally runs... Well, he runs in 1866, gets defeated for the state assembly. And so in 1870, he's finally elected as a state senator. And he's so well-liked in the Senate that they actually elect him to the president pro tem position. And so in a Senate, that's actually the leader if... For example, in the U.S. Senate, the president pro tem is the guy who's in charge if the vice president, Mike Pence, is not there. So Uh 99% of the time, this guy is a senator, but he's the leader of the Senate just as long as Pence isn't there. It's the same way in the state where you have a uh, Senate president pro tem, which means he's the temporary president unless the state's lieutenant governor isn't running the Senate. So would it be like if... if so the senator pro tem, would he take uh, the vice president's place? He's not next in line after the vice president if the vice president was killed, right? Uh, no, not uh, actually. I don't no, know. but he's in the line, I believe. He's in the line. Somewhere. I think he's Somewhere fourth. In there. I think he's fourth in the U.S., and it depends state by state. But it, it's definitely a very powerful position okay. somewhere in the mm-hmm. top top three, top four uh, people. And at this point, is he about? Well, 45, 50 years old? Um, let's see, he was born in 1828. So, yeah, he was not quite... Uh, he was a little over 40. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a little over 40 years old. So, 
like I said, he was pro-slavery or anti-slavery. Mm-hmm. And so the Civil War ends, and so the Senate is trying to push the U.S. Senate is trying to push through amendments. And so if you're going to pass an amendment to, for example, give blacks the right to vote, um, give them uh, to actually ban slavery completely, um, an amendment to uh, suppress rebels' right to vote. So in the South, if you had actively opposed the United States, you could no longer vote or have power. They were trying to pass some of these amendments as a country. And so each state had to vote on it. So as the president pro tem in the Senate, um, it's his job to try to pass these things. And he's a Republican. He's on the side of this. Well, in Indiana, there were still plenty of Democrats. Uh, We were still a fairly racist state. Uh, In fact, in our um, state constitution that we've passed, I think in the 1850s, we were so like no blacks can even move in here uh they can't into the state yeah a lot of things um and so some of that stuff got overturned pretty quickly because it was very unconstitutional but we were fairly anti uh black uh especially in the 1850s probably probably those southern indiana fellows yeah sure 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 so influence from kentucky definitely bleeding over right well anyways (laughs) believe what you want um, there was still plenty of pro-slavery or anti-black sentiment in the state. And so, but as a Republican, he wanted to pass this. So what he does is he, he decides, okay, here's the deal. We are going to vote on this because at that point, the Republicans had enough votes in the Senate that if they voted, they could pass it. Mm. The Democrats thought, hey, you know what? If we're not here, they don't have enough people to have a quorum where they can vote. So as long as we don't show up on the floor for the vote, they can't vote. So they figured, hey, as soon as he says, all right, guys, we're going to vote, we're just all going to literally run out of the Senate, and then he can't do anything about it because he doesn't have enough people to vote. But he anticipates this move, and so he actually goes and locks the door, like (laughs) bars the door. And so the Democrats are like, hey, guys, let's get out of here. They find the doors locked, and then they freak out when they realize that he actually did that. And he's like, yeah. Because we're going to vote on this, whether you like it or not. Wow. So to try to get around it, they run off into like a closet that's adjacent. So the state, our state senators, the Democratic ones, run off into a closet to try to avoid this vote. And after a while, he realizes, hey, they're not coming out. So he tells the the recorder, hey, we're just going to have this vote. And they're here. And if they're not going to vote, fine. Mark them as present. But they didn't vote. So Indiana ends up passing these national constitutional amendments because he locked the Democratic senators into Congress or into the Senate chambers. So this does not make him super popular with the Democrats because this is fairly rogue tactics. Um, But in the same year, he has started to grow dissatisfied with the Republican Party as a whole. Um, You had a president, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who really didn't know what he was doing. He was popular because he's a war hero, Mm -hmm. but he gets in there and he doesn't know what he's doing. And so he just kind of hands out jobs. There were like 40-some people that were his relatives that got jobs. Um, He just kind of handed them out, kind of ran it like a military operation, and it just didn't, didn't work. There was a lot of corruption under Grant. And so there were a lot of Republicans who started saying, hey, you know what? I'm not a Republican anymore. I'm out of this party. I I can't support this. Um, And so he actually, Isaac Gray, actually got nominated for an ambassador uh, role in some island somewhere. But he said, no, President Grant, I don't want it. I'm so disgusted by your administration, your corruption. I don't want it. And in fact, I'm done being a Democrat or Republican. I'm going to be a liberal Republican. 
which was a new political party. Ooh. And and back then you had, you know, the, the parties kind of grew and changed and new ones would pop up a lot more than they do today. So right. question, is this the uh, Republican Party? Is, was it at this point already that the, that the Republican and Democratic parties that we know today were in place? Yeah, by the the mid eighteen hundreds, there. That's kind of when it, things had shaken okay. out. Now, of course, you have, you know, back then you would have had the Democrats were the ones who were very pro slavery, and um, positions have shifted mm-hmm. somewhat. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the the two parties were starting to um, establish themselves as these are the two parties. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd have some other ones crop up, and then uh, like Teddy Roosevelt ran as uh, part of the Bull Moose Party, a progressive party later on, but this was kind of when we were down to the two parties. So he he says, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a liberal Republican, join this new party. Well, in 1876, they're, they're trying to get their presidential campaign, you know, let's pick some money for the liberal Republicans to be president. Well, the convention's a disaster. Nobody votes for the president. It's like, eh, this is a losing proposition. So, you know what? I'm not going to be a Republican. I can't be a liberal Republican because this party's dying. I'm going to be Democrat. <laughs> so he, he switches now to his fourth political party in about 20 years. And uh, he decides in 1876 to run for lieutenant governor as a Democrat. And they actually win. And he was hoping, the Democrats were also hoping, by having this former Republican, there were a lot of Republicans looking for a new party. And so they said, hey, let's get this guy on our team. Let's let's just bring in all these Republicans over to the Democratic side. This is going to be perfect. And so they actually win. Now, there were other Democrats who had been Democrats for a long time who said, whoa, you remember how this guy treated us not that long ago, mm-hmm. locked us in here, forced us to vote on something. Do we really want him as part of our party? So he was fairly unpopular in the Democratic Party, even though he was now a Democrat. So in 1880, so he, he serves as lieutenant governor, and the time comes for the next governor race in Indiana. And so he uh, runs for governor or tried to get the nomination, and they said, no, we don't want you. But would you run for the lieutenant governor again? So he says, okay, sure. Meanwhile, the actual governor of Indiana dies. And so Isaac Gray becomes the acting governor for about three months right at the end of the term. Ooh, so he locked the doors. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, um, it, yeah, he, 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 was the, he was the governor for a while, but then they ended up losing the election. Oh. So he goes from governor back to nothing. So he goes back to his law practice, but all the while kind of thinking, okay, um, what's my next step? So the next year, he says, hey, maybe I could be the next U.S. senator. Now, does anybody know how we used to elect U.S. senators in this country? I mean, I assumed it was the same as it is today. No. So when when the Founding Fathers said, okay, we're going to have the, the two houses, right? We're going to have the House of Representatives, we're going to have the Senate. <clears throat> the House of Representatives is to represent the people. So that's going to be elected by the individual people. The Senate is meant to represent what the states want, not the people, but what uh, the states actually want. Okay. And that's what you have two of each. Right. And so um, the states would each have their own process for picking their senators. Now, as you can imagine, that's a problem. Sometimes you have, you know, Maybe a state senate only has 50 people. There's 25 and 25. They're deadlocked. They can't send anybody. So you had senate seats sitting empty. In Indiana, we had one that for two years, we just didn't have a senator because we couldn't agree on who to nominate or who to send as a senator because just our state senators and representatives voted on that person. So 
during this time, if you wanted to be the actual senator to the U.S. Senate, then the Indiana Senate and House had to vote and approve you. Mm-hmm. So he tried to get in there in 1881 and said, hey, maybe I could be the senator. And the Democrats wouldn't even nominate him. They said, absolutely not. You're out. We're done with you. But, 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 he, but he was still a Democrat at this point. He was still right? a Democrat. Okay. Right, right. So in 1884, when he when the, the next time the, the governor role opens up, he throws his hat back in the ring, and he actually gets nominated by the Democrats as their candidate, wow. and he's elected. So Isaac Gray is now the Democratic governor of Indiana. Now, about 1886, the Senate spot opens up again. And so he decides, you know what, I, I, I want to try this again. I want to be the senator. Now, again, just you have to kind of see this whole progression of I, I'm not really tied to one party. I want to be with the winning side. So mm-hmm. post-warts Republicans for a little while, and then he sees that's not working out. So he goes to the Democrats, and then you know now he's pro-tem. That's third in line, and then he's lieutenant governor. So he's finally governor. Now he's got his eye on that next prize of I want to be the actual senator. You know, get that national name recognition. Mm. So his own party, the Democrats, right? They don't like him. Mm-hmm. Remember that, okay? And so they're like, eh, no, we, we really don't want you to be in charge here. Now, here's here's the numbers. Hopefully, I'm not like getting too deep into the weeds. So no, in, th- this is interesting. I, in I like 1886, this. you had the House of Indiana had 52 Republicans, 44 Democrats, and four what they called greenbacks, kind of independent third-party type deal. The Senate, though, was Democratic-controlled. So it was 31 to 19. So the Senate's Democratic. The House is Republican. And if you add those numbers up, it's 75 Democrats, 71 Republicans, four Greenbacks. So it's it could easily go 75-75 split. Mm-hmm. So what he said, is seeing is, hey, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some help here from somebody, right? Because it's so close mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm, I can't just go in there and say, "Hey, Democrats," and you know they have such a lead that even if ten of them don't like me, I'll still get the nomination. Yeah. So something's gonna go on. Meanwhile, the Democrats say, "Hey, we're in control, barely, but we, we kind of have control here. How can we?" But he's he's close. So how can we rig it so that he can't become the senator? He can't even put his hat in the ring. So they decide, you know what we should do. Here's the thing. If he's the governor, right, and if we put him up for Senate, somebody else has to be governor. That's lieutenant governor. And Indiana back then didn't have any kind of succession or laws about after that. So they said, hey, if we convince our lieutenant governor, who's also a Democrat, to quit, now there's nobody there. <laughs> and so he can't quit. Because if you he quit being the governor, uh, who's going to be governor? Yeah. Nobody. And so that's what they do. The Democrats convince their Democratic lieutenant governor to quit, to resign. And so they tell him, well, sorry, Mr. Gray, you're our governor and there's nobody underneath you. So we can't we can't put you up for Senate. We'd like and, to. And there's probably there's can't. no way that he would have won. I mean, he, he probably would have taken a huge hit uh, publicly. Because it would have been very disgraceful just to right. leave that empty. Right, right, exactly. And and so if he would have wanted to do that, they yeah, they definitely wouldn't have you know, elected him. And like you said, yeah. a public hit, that'd be a, a mess. Yeah. So now he has to make a decision. So he sits down with the Secretary of State, with the Attorney General, and says, hey, how do we go about electing a lieutenant governor? Right, like how, how can we do this? And we had no laws about this. There, I mean, if, if your lieutenant governor died a month in, you could just leave it empty. 
And there were several times when that happened. There just wasn't the lieutenant governor. It wasn't that big a deal back then, apparently. So they said, hey, you know, I think it's legal if we would elect one in this midterm election, right? So you have, like, the governor election every four years, 84 to 88. But in the middle, you have elections for other things. So mm-hmm. that's coming up in 1886. And so Gray says, oh, well, let's just have the state vote on it then. And then we'll have a lieutenant governor. And they say, yeah, we're pretty sure that's legal. So he does that. Now, the weird part is that instead of campaigning for a Democratic lieutenant governor to be underneath him and hopefully replace him, he goes out and campaigns for the Republican. Oh. Because, here's the deal, if he, he needs those Republican votes for senator, right? Yeah. So if there's a Republican in the number two spot and he quits, that means you now have a Republican governor. So he's going to get votes from some Democrats who kind of like him, and he's going to get hopefully votes from Republicans who want a Republican, a Republican. Their success. Exactly. They <laughs> want a Republican successor. governor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's genius. I mean, to, to anyways, to think through that, that's, that's pretty impressive. So he tries that. Um, the Republican nominee is named Robert Robertson, which is quite the name. Oh. And then the uh, Democrats put up the guy who had been the Senate pro tem uh, leader. Um, his name was Alonzo Greensmith. And so they've, they have this election. And the Republican guy wins. This hmm. Robert Robertson. Well, before so this this election's in November, and I'm not exactly sure. Sometime in the spring, the legislative session starts. Before that even starts, the Democrats essentially sue the Republicans, take the Republicans to court, saying this guy Robertson, it, it wasn't valid. You can't elect people. Now the Constitution of the state didn't say you couldn't. It didn't say you couldn't. They just said no. This is not legal that you had this election and so they sue them and when the legislative <laughs> legislative session starts in january they don't even get through the opening prayer before the republicans start yelling at the democrats are you kidding me like the, he was elected he's in charge of the senate now he's our lieutenant governor deal with it and they actually then um the democrats are like well you know what we don't care and in fact in the senate we have a majority so we're just going to vote in the senate to elect this lieutenant governor because so the democrats are saying it wasn't lawful for the whole state to vote and pick a republican we're going to vote here in the senate and pick our own guy so they pick this alonzo green smith and they say hey he's our lieutenant governor so the republicans turn around and sue them and so the state the state supreme court says okay nobody nobody's governor until the supreme court can rule on this lieutenant governor Right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Lieutenant Governor. So there's uh, the Court of Appeals there in Indianapolis said, okay, we're going to let the state Supreme Court decide who is our Lieutenant Governor. Until then, nobody is. Now, like I said, the Democrat that Alonzo Green-Smith was like the the third one, so he kind of just did the job temporarily um, until the, the court could rule. So the Supreme Court comes into session, and they decide in favor of the Republicans, in favor of Robertson. And... They said the Constitution doesn't say you can't do this, and so you can't overturn a popular vote just in the Senate. Because, mm-hmm. again, the Democrats control the Senate. So, the next day, the, the next Monday, February 24th, Robertson comes to the State House. Like, I won this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into the Senate. I'm going to take my seat at the front of the Senate, as is my, this is my duty. This is, you know, this is my position now. So, he enters the Senate chamber and a group of Democrats literally just attack him physically and just throw him out of the Senate. Just pick up their lieutenant governor, th- chuck him out, 
and then closed the door and locked the door behind him. There's a lot of locking of doors in the Indiana uh. Senate back then. So they, they lock him out. After, after beating him up, throw him out, doors locked. Now, Republicans, of course, in there are, are pretty ticked off. Mm-hmm. And so they start attacking the Democratic senators. Oh, my goodness. Now, there was only 19 of them, but they were pretty scrappy. And so the Republicans... <laughs> So you have our entire Senate, 50 guys, and I like to pick, you know, it's 1800, so I like to picture, like, the rolling up the shirt sleeves and the taking the hats off and shedding the overcoat, and, and they're Over literally... Large mustaches. Right, exactly. And then they're fighting each other <laughs> on the floor of the Senate, and they're, they're beating each other up and throwing each other around the room until a Democrat finally pulls out a gun... Oh, my goodness. ...and shoots it into the ceiling and says, if you guys don't settle down, I'm going to start shooting Republicans. <laughs> I'm going to start shooting Republicans. <laughs> So, so they actually settled down and start voting on legislature. Like they they actually voted to for money for mental hospitals, which obviously they needed at the time. And and so they actually started doing business. Well, meanwhile, the lieutenant governor of Indiana has been thrown out of the Senate, and people you know are kind of are crowding around him, like, "Hey, what's going on in there?" I mean, they know who he is. Like, what's going on? And then you hear a gunshot. In the Senate chamber, so they're really wondering what's going on. So, of course, you know, people come around and word spreads pretty quickly. Hey, the Democratic Senate just threw our lieutenant governor out. What are we going to do about this? So, word spreads down to the House. Now, in the House of Representatives, that's Mm Republican-led, and they had an advantage. So, they start beating up on the Democratic representatives, Taking up the fight, right? I mean, how dare you Democrats do this? And so they start beating each other up. Oh, and nice. and so essentially, most of the building, most of the people in, in the state house there were Republicans. And so there's this mob of like five or 600 Republicans that basically sweep the state house for Democrats. And if you're Democratic, we're going to beat you up, throw you out in the lawn, and we'll figure out what to do with you later. So these Democrats are being like... <laughs> you know, hustled out onto the lawn like in a pile and they're trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to do? And eventually, so they, they clear out the entire state house of Democrats and then they're like, okay, well let's get into the Senate. So they bust down the door of the Senate and drag those guys out there too. And then once they get them all out, they're like, okay, what do we do? Should we just start killing all the Democrats? What are we going to do here? I mean, the Republicans were fired up now. Fortunately, this, this whole process took quite a while, and I don't know if it was just took time for word to spread or what was happening, but um, it was about four hours from when the first scuffle had started to when, when they got to that point where they had cleared them all out. At the beginning of this, Isaac Gray, sitting there in his office, realized, oh, you know what? Um, this is a bad – this is this is not good. And, and so – who, who is Isaac Gray again? Again, he's, he's the governor who wants to be a senator. Yeah. Right, yeah. and oh, so this, this, this is our main, the main guy. Right, yes. he's yes. the main okay. guy. That's kind of the reason that yes. this right. okay. all started happening. Right, and he's not personally involved, but he is a Democrat, and he realizes that this is devolving into a bad situation. So he sends out, and I don't know if it was Telegram or what, but he he sends out the alert: "Hey, we need cops." And so finally, about four hours into this, cops from surrounding counties and things start arriving, and they actually get things settled down before there's any actual bloodshed. Okay. So, this whole thing uh, is called, this whole event is called the Black Day of the Indiana General Assembly, which I had never heard of uh, before I started doing some research for civics class. And um, the next day, they're back at it. Not not the fighting, but they're back to work. And the House, which is Republican-led, says, all right, that's it. 
we are issuing a resolution. We are not going to have any more communication with the Senate because you're an unconstitutional body because you will not seat the lieutenant governor who is in charge of your Senate. So the Senate says, well, fine, then we're not going to work with you. And so the entire legislative session, which back then they only had every other year, just is deadlocked because neither side is going to talk to each other. And so, you know, of course, if you're going to pass any laws, the House and the Senate have to pass them. And so since they're both mad at each other, one's Republican, one's Democrat, they just got absolutely nothing done that term. And it would be until you had a new governor before they actually would would be, you know, Mm -hmm. back to back to work. terms. Right. Exactly. Um, Robertson uh, just went home and waited and. He was actually never then seated because, like I said, it was an every other year thing. And so by 1888, we had a new governor. We had a new lieutenant governor. He had nothing to do. So Robertson never, he never ends up getting seated. Now, as far as Isaac Gray, he (laughs) abandoned his attempt to be the U.S. senator. um, And it kind of it blew up in his face Mm -hmm. because now not only are the Democrats mad about how they treat, he treated them, you know, 10 years ago. Now they're mad because he was pushing for Republican to be the governor. So they kind of see him as a traitor. Um, and actually two times later on in his life, he was brought up in the national conversation as far as, Hey, what about about Isaac Gray for vice president? Maybe not president, but vice president. And then a Democrat would get up and be like, guys, do you remember when he locked us in the closet? Yeah, this guy is not a good Democrat. <laughs> and so he never got uh, he never got nominated for anything else. He was made the minister to Mexico um, for a few years later in life. Kind of like an ambassador? Yeah, yeah okay. ambassador type of role. And he... Um, from actually, Indiana? From Indiana. Like, well, from... On a national level. Oh, okay. Like, so, the, like, like a legit, like, nationally recognized guy. Right, right, right. He's a U.S. ambassador to Mexico, essentially. Um, and he was actually so popular in Mexico that when he died, they flew all the flags in Mexico at half staff. Oh, so oh. you know, he things kind of ended up. He, he sounds okay for very him. charismatic, but um, like he would. I don't, I don't think we would like him. I don't, I don't think I yeah. would like him. Whether he'd be a Democrat. <laughs> At any point, Democrat mm-hmm. or Republican. But, but obviously, think, no. he he at least knew people very well and knew how to manipulate mm-hmm. people. Right. Because, could, I mean, he was obviously really successful at some things. Right. And and really thought through stuff. You know, if the, if the Democrats would have just laid down and let that Republican be mm-hmm. the lieutenant governor, he could have easily been a senator. And then, you know, who knows from there where it goes. This uh, all kind of helped to lead towards the 17th Amendment, which changed that Senate... Uh, because of those other issues we talked about as well, changed voting on senators from um, states choosing them to popular vote, which we do today. Mm. So that's kind of one of the one of the things that spurred on that change. Wow. So, anyways, there you have it: the Black Day of the Indiana General Assembly. Wow, that's that was. Interesting. There's a lot of little details in there. I don't know how. Do you have that pretty much memorized, or are you <laughs> reading those off? Well, okay. Like I said, I, I found this when I was digging through digging up stuff for um, civics class. Um, at school, and so I've told numerous people the story. So, okay, it's, it, it would almost it would be cool to see it in a movie, but mm-hmm. there's not really enough singular stories in there to be made into like a right. long movie, right? Like I was thinking the same thing. Like I, you know, I can just you can picture that the chaos and the yeah. you know, if you would do some digging as far as some of the yeah. other characters, like yeah. usually a movie is about a central figure, which I mean, mm-hmm. he obviously was, but it's not like. He's not enough of a central figure throughout all of it right. to really make it. Right. But yeah, it's a really cool story. Yeah. Wow. 
You know, uh, back to this coconut water uh, or cactus, the water. cactus water. Um, the no it was water. good right at the beginning and kind of grew on you, but now it just gets worse with every sip. Oh, I disagree. I'm in, I'm enjoying it more and more. It's 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 just gross. Yeah, it's gross, Mr. Dave. I know what question every is on everyone's Blah. mind that's listening. When can we expect you back on the podcast again? Because it's been a very long hiatus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, hopefully a couple times throughout the summer. Okay, cool, um, sweet, cool. yeah, I'm, good. I'm and you and you that. took a break because you were serving as principal, right? Right. Now, are you planning on doing that again this next year? Yeah, at this point, yeah, cool. Uh, pretty cool. much the same thing, at least for this next year, uh, teaching and principaling and mm-hmm. yeah kind of do you do you have big plans for the summer i mean are you going to take a long vacation or you what, what does the summer look like for you uh hopefully well i have um a family weekend in pennsylvania coming up and uh my wife and i are actually going to be uh stepping in as like a leader of a church camp hmm. thing so this year we're kind of in training and then next year mm. we're like the full-blown directors nice of that. nice mm. um and then we're hoping to do kind of a, a New England tour trip type of thing later on this summer. Awesome. Okay. Good. That sounds yeah. fun. Be sure to visit Boston. Absolutely. Uh, hoping to find that molasses flood. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Send us a picture if, yeah. if you do. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. We'll we do. definitely want to post it. Because Leighton uh, didn't get around to that when he was in Boston. So you were There's just... so much history there. You, you can't possibly investigate everything. Right. Um, so as principal and high school moderator, you mm-hmm. kind of... You were... Uh, it, pretty heavily involved in the senior trip this year correct right yes yeah were there any uh super interesting things that happened during that or (laughs) uh that's a good question (laughs) that's a good question um yeah we we um went to dc and i guess a couple i've been thinking about this uh just you know advice for people traveling to to dc Mm -hmm. um Number one, plan ahead. Like prepare, read the read the websites, read the security protocols, mm. know what stuff you need tickets for and what stuff you don't. Like I was I was probably over prepared, you know, to the point where I was, you know, knew like directions from this place to this way, like, you know, each day. But then in the moment you're very, you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know where we're gonna have lunch, I know what metro stop to get, et cetera, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's also a really cool app called um, City Mapper that has a lot of big cities. And so if you're in a city that you're not super familiar with, you can just type in where you're at, where your destination is, and it'll tell you, is it faster to walk, take a bus, that's, take the subway. That's really cool. Yeah, and, and it really worked really well. And it gave, like, I mean, it's very totally specific. Free? Yeah, totally free app. Wow. Very specific directions, mm-hmm. um, easy to follow. So that was really good. Um, but, yeah, anyways, uh, other I guess when you're in D.C., like, do, do the metro uh, and I don't you know. Think if, the metro system is the best. Yes, we stayed cheapest. outside of the city, and then every morning would ride in about mm. twenty to thirty minutes. Really? Okay. Um, and it was so it was nice. I mean, it was a five minute drive from the hotel to the metro, mm-hmm. and then you can just park in a yeah, just park in the parking lot. You don't have to fight mm-hmm. the crowds. And um, I do remember the metro being just a neat experience mm-hmm. in general. They have a pretty wait, but don't but they have a, th- there's a consistent Twitter, like yeah, a, a, a Twitter account, uh, yeah, about being on fire. <laughs> Yeah, if they, it's, it's um, we, I'm pretty sure it's, it's at is the metro on fire or something, and they'll just tweet out yes, and then yeah. a location. They, they, we didn't have any major incidents with the metro, um, but we did. It it did rain quite a bit, um, so like we, the one highlight before the rain was uh, we actually got into the White House, um, which we mm-hmm. haven't. We I think in the last ten years we got in once. 
So I was pretty surprised. Yeah, with the uh, year I went, we didn't even try because we knew it would probably not work out. And when you, when you say you got in the White House, what, what do you mean? Are you talking like underneath? You so inside. there are tours of the White House, self-guided tours that you can go on. Um, but about six months before, you need to reach out to your senator representative, and then they submit mm. the request for you. So it's not something you can just show up for, Yeah. but wow. that's something that you have to go through. Your pers- I actually went through one of our senators and a representative just, like, hoping that one would work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then you have to be, like, fill out all this paperwork of Social Security numbers, all this stuff, months in advance. And then they don't tell you if you're in or not until two weeks before. Wow. Oh, wow. So basically, okay. so you can't, you know, plan like a security, a security reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and so you kind of have to be flexible. So our, our time was 7.15 in the morning. All right. And uh, all you can take is wallet, phone, keys, and then an umbrella if it's raining. So mm. no bags of any kind. Really? There again, wow. though, you had to do that research. So we, you know, we're prepared. We didn't take anything into the city except little stuff. Cool. And then when we're in line, we saw people like getting turned away because they had their bags. And there's nowhere to store them. So, and they would literally just turn them away. They wouldn't let right. them leave their bags out there. Right. And yeah, I mean, right. if you're going to leave them, it's just on the sidewalk. Right. Right. You know. So there, there's nowhere to even store stuff like that. Again, mm. security stuff. Mm-hmm. So you just have to be. Yeah. Did you think about stuff? Well, when you were at the White House, did you see the Mon- the Melania Trump sinkhole? I did not. It was oh. about a, a couple days after we left. Oh, okay. That the sinkhole. <laughs> if, 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 if we would have been there over the same time, I would have found it. We would have looked for it. Um, but it, that was a really cool tour. That was one of the few places that I hadn't been to. Um, and it's kind of a weird thing. I mean, you go through several securities checkpoints. It didn't feel that oppressive. I mean, it was basically mm-hmm. just like, what's your ID? And then we'll check you off the list. And then you go through the scanner. But it wasn't anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we... And then they're just like, okay, just walk up the driveway and go into the White House and explore. And so, and I mean, explore as you wish. So, so, well, so you're I mean, just kind of like almost free reign, kind of. Or? Yes, and no, it, it's it's a it's basically kind of a, it's a loop. It's a defined. It's so like loop. a closed loop, but you're still yeah. allowed to do whatever you want. You're kind self-guided. Of. You can huh. take pictures now, which just changed. I think in the last two years or so. Wow. Um, so you can take pictures and just kind of take your time and. So Did you, you get to go to the into the Oval Office. No, sadly. Oh. <laughs> so you're you're only in kind of the East Wing and in the center, and it's so it's a lot of the old historical rooms. So mm-hmm. you know little libraries and parlors and china rooms and you know the different color rooms um the the coolest parts are like you can see the the east room which would be where like when when uh, presidents have got the one president that got married got married in there and mm-hmm. uh, when presidents have died they lay in state in that room so that's kind of one of the more uh yeah stuff happens yeah, in there yeah and then you also you then you uh the second level then um, you go to like the state dining room where they have their big fancy dinner parties and things and then you kind of see the hallway where like if if you see a shot of like the president having a press conference in the white house um you know there's kind of a hallway behind him that's where they have it so you can they actually have the Mm -hmm. red carpet like rolled up waiting for the president and then they would roll it you know roll it out and sort of thing so anyways and then you just you know just walk out and you're how much time did you have um i think you had an unlimited amount of time i mean we had it we had a time ticket but that's just kind of security wise so there's only a certain chunk of people but there was nobody like hustling us along or anything like that so, and did it look like, uh, I mean, was there a long line of people that were there for the day to get in, or, or did it not seem like that many people? Yeah, there was definitely a pretty big line. We got there about 7.15. I, th- I think our tour started at 7.30. They said get there 15 minutes early, and there was probably 50 to 100 people already in mm-hmm. front of us, and then another probably 100 to 200 so behind did, us. Did you actually get in at your allotted time then? Um, or did we, you have to wait a little longer? We started, the, the <clears throat> security doors opened at 7.30. 
Um, okay. But it wasn't a terrible line because, number one, we were the first one, like, the first time in the morning. Mm-hmm. So that really helped that it wasn't, like, a backup from anybody yeah. else. Um, but, yeah, that was a really well, that cool would be exciting. experience. So um, we also then, like I said, it, it started raining. So we kind of cheated. You know the memorial walk where you walk? The, yeah. The, we used a bus and kind of just, like, <laughs> hopped on it. There's a hop-on, hop-off bus service that you can nice. use. So we, we kind of cheated that. And so with the rain, we just did a lot of inside stuff. But um, we did have one um, unfortunate injury mm. on the trip. Uh, mm. It was raining, and we were crossing a street where there wasn't a crossing. And so somebody jumped over a puddle at a curb, and the sidewalk was cobblestones. And so she just, like, completely wiped out and landed on her back. And so she got up, and, and she seemed okay. And then all of a sudden, she started, like, slumping over and not responding oh, and all my. that kind of thing. And so the kids were, were better about it than I was. I was kind of like, um, I'm not really sure what to do. They're like, oh, what? And, and so <laughs> there were fortunately, there were cops nearby. And so they called an ambulance for us. Uh, and there was somewhere where we could get out of the rain and... And sit her down. And so by the time the ambulance got there, she was kind of back, but she probably wow. had a concussion. So it it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way, that that'd be really that'd be pretty scary. As I mean, you're you're, you're right. kind of like you're not. Their parents aren't there. Man down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're you know you're the only. I was the only adult that ended up going. Uh, well, adult. I mean, most of them are yeah. eighteen. They graduated now, so they should be adults. But you know, I was responsible. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah. everything else went pretty well. The key good. phrase there should be. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> All right. Let's do. Talk a little bit about the weekend. A blast from the past, mm. as Layton put it. Blast from the past. Are you going to start us off, Layton? Yeah. This last weekend was a long weekend because of Memorial Day. And guess what? I bought. I got to go to the Haiti Benefit Auction and buy my first item ever. Well, you, at the, I, I, at the I, auction I bought, itself? At the auction, It's yeah. another sign of adulthood. It is. It's almost yeah. a rite of passage um, <laughs> when it's like, okay, I am now old enough to get my own bidding number, and I will donate to the Haitians. <laughs> do do auctions stress you guys out as much as they stress me out? Like in what I've way? never gone to buy something. I, I think okay. it would if I'd be buying something, but just listening there, no. Okay. See, for me, I'm like, okay, I've got my budget, right? And then... The time comes, and the item I went is up there, and then they're looking at you like, "Come on, you can, you can pay a little more. It's for a good cause." You're like, "Fine, fine." And then, and, and then you, uh, I don't know. I always end up either like blowing my budget by you know a couple hundred bucks, oh, wow. or not getting anything. Like it's there's no middle of the yeah, road. It's, it's, it's all true. or nothing. That's true. Like, did you end up spending more than what you wanted to? Um, I ended up for some reason I got in my mind that I needed to buy a hose. But I actually didn't. Like I didn't need one. But that's only because we had a couple of hoses at home. That the one hose got a hole in it. The other hose was very unuser friendly. So we threw both of those away. But we had a third hose that was fine. It was long enough. But I, for some reason in my mind, I thought, you know what? This is our last hose, and who knows how long it's been stored in this garage. <laughs> and if the I'm rabbits, rabbits buy another one. if the rabbits, or did you have the hose outside? No. Okay. It was it was being stored inside. We just recently got it out of the garage. Uh, and so it was like, we're on our last hose. That means we need another one, apparently. <laughs> and so I, I I, I ended up spending about 60 bucks for a 100-foot hose. I think that's 
I don't even know what they what hoses cost. I don't know. It also depends like on the thickness and heavy wow, dutiness yeah. of mm-hmm. it. But anyways, I, I bought a hose and I, I was gonna buy a, a ladder, which I mean I, I did. I needed to leave because I needed to go get some stones from for for landscaping, and the place I was gonna buy them from was gonna close. And so I told my brother in law, "Hey, would you buy this ladder for me, and I'll pay you back." And so he ended up buying it for me, but then because he had never gotten me a wedding gift, he said, you can just have it. Nice. <laughs> so a, wedding, a ladder for a wedding gift. Um, so it was pretty legit. Speaking it, of wedding gifts, I actually brought yours tonight. You did? Yeah. Wow. Things happening in Paris. It's been a good weekend, Layton. It has. Uh, I wish every day was a Memorial Day. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the uh, the the but the breakfast was good. Ruben, you were at the breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it. I I know the Haiti benefit auction is a big deal, but I've been. This was only my second time going to a breakfast. Oh, okay. And I don't know if I've ever really been at the uh, the auctions. That mean, have you, do you guys always go? Is it a big deal with your with your family? Where you guys always go? I think I went one year as a volunteer at a food send, but I can't remember. It, it was like it seems kind of blurry. I don't know. Gotcha. My family tends to do the we have the the Gospel Echoes team has a auction oh, yeah. about a month earlier, and so with the family connections, that's kind of our oh, big so you mm-hmm. that. auction thing. Yeah. Your allegiances are elsewhere. They are. I mean, I it's okay. It's yeah. right. They're that's, both good causes. Do they sell yeah. hoses? Exactly. Uh, they do. I oh, think. Okay. Yeah, they do. Um, but no, growing up, I, my family always went to the Haiti benefit auction because my parents were on the board, uh, for quite a while and, and they've been to Haiti many a time. Of course they never took me, <laughs> you know, cause why would you do that? Why would you your try kids, to pass your kids don't need experiences. <laughs> your kids don't need experience. Kids don't need inspiration. They need to stay home and hold down the fort. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm a better person for it. Uh, so yeah, did some did some uh, auction shopping, did some jet skiing, uh, did some landscaping, and and that's pretty much my Memorial Day weekend. I, I understand you guys went to uh, Cozy Cottage in oh, Warsaw for breakfast. Yes, that was an experience. Yeah, you know that is actually my favorite breakfast restaurant in the entire area, Ooh. even more than more than, than Creighton's. Creighton's. I, well, I, I I've never been to Creighton's. Okay, what about C and C? Yeah, I like it better than CNC. <gasps> okay, it's got more on. of a um, <laughs> no, it's got more of a uh, a, a homey atmosphere. Homey, and I, and I was just so impressed by the quality of cooking that I got at. Uh, Everyone should go yeah, and check it out <clears throat> at Cozy but, Cottage. But be sure to follow your Google Maps. It's to a it. very because mom and pop place. If you're looking for a sign that says Cozy Cottage on it, the outside, you you're, won't find you're it. not going to find it. You won't. It's, Honestly, it just says the, restaurant. The first time, <laughs> like, there's food here, and <laughs> so the first time I we went, don't know what it is. my cousin and I were going to Creighton's, but they were out of food by the time we got there, and so we were like, we need breakfast, and so we went and looked around and found this little place. We got up to it, and it looked so bad on the outside. We actually considered going somewhere else, but then we were like, you know what? We're gonna walk inside and see what it's like, and then we walked in, and there was nobody there, so we we decided to eat there. Because it wasn't busy. I did enjoy the food. The food was good. There was a jumping spider. There was. That you ended up... You, you were trying to... It was great. In his effort to try to save his fiance well, from, from 
being grossed out. Yeah, or being bitten by a spider. I didn't know if, if this <laughs> spider in particular was one that <laughs> bites. This is the tiniest little jumping <laughs> yeah, spider. But, you know, baby well, snakes those are, more things creep me out. are more poisonous than the, the adults. The, their movements are so jerky. They just creep me out. They're difficult to catch. But it was Never a jumping tried. spider, and I tried... I tried to smash it, but then it jumped. I tried to smash it again, and it jumped. And again, and it jumped. Was it one of the little black ones? Yeah, it was one that jumps. Yeah. Anyway, finally, the, <laughs> the fourth time, I actually... A jumping I, spider that jumps. I uh, anticipated its movement, and I did smash it. Mm. And I slid it back, and it killed away, it. Away from his fiance's plate. Yeah, so I was pulling it back, and it seems impossible to happen. But as I was pulling it away, her placemat... It caught the placemat and somehow catapulted it onto her plate into into her food. Right into free meal. The gravy. The, yes. Oh my uh. goodness. That's hilarious. Uh, you said it was very homey, Jeff. It, it it's it's just um I would have said very homely. You no, know, no, I, I th- it's it's a really comfortable atmosphere because it feels family owned and family run and it feels like all, everyone there is just like enjoying themselves as they work there i don't know and if someone wants to go where is this restaurant exactly or where like what town it's in I've warsaw heard of it okay. it's in warsaw and it's on the other side of uh 15 from all mm. of the other restaurants and it's by a pet store mm. right next to a pet store in a place where there's no other restaurants it's kind of like i don't know out in the boondocks <laughs> kind of, of how Cray- creighton's also is in the middle of yeah, nowhere kind of in the middle of nowhere but that's in the middle of nowhere in the country yeah whereas this is in the middle of nowhere in town yeah anyway, but the food was really good and inexp- i mean it wasn't it was not expensive anyway did you want to share about any of your memorial day uh, weekend experiences mr dave well it's it's kind of weird to have a holiday when you're already off of your job you know, like, it's, like <laughs> I feel like I should be enjoying this more than I am, <laughs> but it was it was a fine day. We went and uh, walked around the pond. So nice. All right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna stop now. Um, we did have a, l- a little bit of feedback. Someone was asking at a family reunion uh, what when my wedding is, and it is uh, it's June 9th, so in a week and a half. So if you want to crash it, it's going to be at Sandy Ridge. If you want to crash it. But make sure you bring a gift because Ruben would appreciate that. Mm. Uh, and then we won't be doing a podcast that week. We, we right. will do one next week, one week from today, but not the following week. And and no, we will not uh, scrape up the effort to uh, do a rerun <laughs> or something like that, in case you're wondering. Yeah, there won't be a, a fake call-in from me. I don't, I don't think so anyway. No, there won't. All right. Any other feedback anyone wanted to get to? Uh, not that I remember. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, we did have a, a Facebook message. Yes, Tom Schrock sent in a picture of a T-shirt that he found, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it was at, but I mean Target or Walmart or something. And the shirt says, "Of course, your opinion matters, <laughs> just not to me." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. He, he said that. Uh, yeah, he did say yeah. I saw the shirt at Walmart. And thought of you guys. Your vote counts, but it doesn't matter. So, I do think we ha- do we have a poll question this week? Nope, we don't. Oh no. Uh, next week we will talk about emojis and the emojis that are missing that we would use if they would if there would be one. I, I think next I, week we'll actually talk don't, about. Don't it. say emojis. Yeah. I think there's just one that I 
I mean, I, I'm but between the three of us, there'll be multiple emojis. That's true. Emoji. Unless we come up. Are you gonna have multiple suggestions? No, I'm gonna have one. Okay, good. But between the three of us, we'll have yeah, three. Th- yeah, there will be. <laughs> I'm glad we established right. that. Layden, uh, what is the point? Uh, the point is, <clears throat> well, first of all, I, I, have a, I have a quick question to, to finish off one of my points. Who, who is the main character of you? Your uh, story from history, Isaac Gray. Isaac, Isaac Gray. Gray. Okay. And before we get to the full points, um, just so you guys know, we have a Costa Rican coffee from the coffee shop Main Street. This week, we just didn't mention it because we've had it before multiple times. So. We've already reviewed it. Okay, so now now the points are ready. <clears throat> Number one, retainers were meant to be broken. <laughs> Number two, second chance cactus water has vegans in it. <laughs> Number three, Isaac Gray is a lot like LeBron James fans. They just join whichever side is winning. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Washington, D.C. could give you a concussion. And number five, buying something from the Haiti Benefit Auction is a rite of passage. And what is our word of the week? Uh, I feel like, uh, ooh, word of the week could be Republican. Republican.